Welcome everyone. Thanks for joining me. Derek Olson of Megalithic Marvels here to reconstruct the prehistoric past with you. So in this episode, I feature a segment uh, from another podcast I was recently a guest on called the Blurry Creatures Podcast, where I joined Dr. Judd Burton and hosts Nate and Luke to talk about the mysteries of Egypt, the Great Pyramid, and their possible connection to ancient giants and hybrids. But before we get to that, I want to tell you about something amazing that I've recently featured on our Instagram account. And just so you know, you don't have to have an Instagram account to view this. Uh, you can just go to Instagram.com forward slash Megalithic Marvels. But I recently featured this short video of really rarely seen video footage from a fellow explorer who was just on a tour in Egypt and visited the Great Pyramid. And in this highlight reel, you will see this explorer walking along the base of the Great Pyramid up close where you can still see some of the massive precision cut casing stones that once covered the entire structure all the way up to the top. Very incredible to see. Just go to Instagram.com forward slash Megalithic Marvels or click the link below in the show notes of this podcast to see this great video. Well, let's get to the interview I did on the Blurry Creatures podcast, talking about ancient Egypt now. Welcome to the show again, Dr. Jed Burton and our friend, new friend, Derek Olson from Megalithic Marvels. It's good to have you guys on the show today. Uh, on our show, we've been talking about the ancient giants. We've been talking about a lot of ancient history. We haven't really gone into detail about the megaliths or the pyramids and i think we've been dancing around the subject so i thought man let's go into it let's let's hop in let's try to figure out what's going on and um you know crack that nutshell open and 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 i want to listen to some of your guys' theories on who do you think built these things uh how old do you think they are there are some stats out there that the the pyramid of giza is 2.3 million blocks i've read and that would be they would have to put one block every five minutes for 24 hours a day for 20 years to make just that pyramid. So, and I think each block weighed two tons. So do you think that's how they did it? That we can start it off like 20 years straight making just that one pyramid. Um, that sounds like it's, it would be almost impossible to do that quickly. There was a, a, a construction corporation back in the seventies called uh, from Japan called the, the Nippon corporation. And they were going to make a facsimile of a pyramid, not a, a model that would even be comparative in terms of size, but they were just going to make a small facsimile using the methods that archaeologists for the previous several decades had been saying, well, this is how they did it. It was the old heave-ho method, ropes and pulleys and logs. And I'm not saying that there, there may not have been you know, elements of that involved. They tried to hew limestone blocks uh, out of a quarry on the Nile and, uh, you know, using bronze chisels and the chisels quickly dulled. So they had to break out, you know, modern equipment to even begin to hew, hew the rock and shape it. So there's fail number one right out of the box. Yeah. And they, they tried to sledge the, the stones down to, the banks of the Nile where they had built reed boats that, you know, again, was 
was one of the prevailing ideas put forth at that time about the transportation of these blocks to the, the actual build site. They kept having problems hauling the stones down and they would get mired down in the mud. And then, the, so they had to bring in a crane, there's sheets number two and three to even begin to put the stones on these reed boats. And as they put the stones on the boats, the boats fell apart and sank into the Nile. So they actually had to bring out the trucks. There's sheet number four to actually drive the stuff to the site. And by that time, there were so many logistical problems that they just gave up. Although we could probably quantify some, some building methods, um, we have to admit that whatever that technology that was used to build them, you know, has been lost. Yeah. You know, we, we get glimmers of it, but um, I, I'm always baffled, at, you know, being, being a historian and an archaeologist myself, I'm always baffled at the end of the day that, that everybody is afraid to say, I don't know. Yeah, Derek, maybe uh, give us some insight. I mean, is that sort of, does that spark some curiosity in you to start um, curating your sites and um, building your fan base of, what was your journey getting into this? Was it curiosity like that, the unknown? Yeah, absolutely. I was one of these guys, probably like you guys, you know, I grew up, man, just fascinated by ancient history, dinosaurs, um, you know, reading the Bible about these giants, these Nephilim, and, you know, always asking people and just could never really get answers. And then I actually went to Egypt. My first, um, one of my first big overseas trips was in 2008. I went to Israel and Egypt, and I saw the, you know, the massive walls uh, by the Western Wall there. It's the Kotel Tunnels of Israel, which are definitely megalithic. Mm-hmm. And then I went to Egypt and, you know, back then I didn't even know a fraction of what I know now, but I was just blown away. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I love how Dr. Judd said that it's okay to say, I don't know, but then I think it's, you start there and then you look at all the evidence and you, and you begin your, your research from there. And so, yeah, that's, what, that's kind of my heart behind megalithic marvels. Um, it's a, it's a forum you know, to share my own photographs, my own thoughts, research, and then to really um, create a platform to just uh, dialogue about this stuff because it's so incredible, you know, and, and we're talking about, you know, the, the pyramids today and these wonders constructed in, you know, the prehistoric past, I believe they still confound today's experts and mm-hmm. they really defy our greatest modern engineering just even around the Great Pyramid, Um whether it's uh, at Abydos or the black boxes of the Serapium, uh, the Sphinx, uh, there's drill holes and saw cuts all over uh, this area of Giza in Egypt, right? And some of these core drill holes to me are the most fascinating uh, because Aswan pink granite is, you know, that's some of the hardest, finest granite. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Judd, you can speak more on that, I'm sure. But you see, you find these core drill holes into this super hard Aswan Peak granite. And um, they've even found the core pieces that were broken out of 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply these drills Mm -hmm. and you know they're just perfectly cut in a in a round form so boy you i start to see all that and it's like there's a lot more going on than we've been led to believe oh i was just gonna say but that even before you say i don't know a lot of people don't even acknowledge these like these things exist they almost ignore the elephant in the room it's worth saying i don't know what the elephant in the room is and then it's just like there is no elephant. I mean, it seems like when you when I bring this up, trying to get people to talk about the ancient giants and other things, do you guys feel that's, that this subject is just ignored? Like, we don't know how they're made, and we don't even want to talk about it. Let's just move on. You know, things like the, the drill holes that Derek is talking about. You know, the pink granite, and other, there are other stones around the world used in, in monuments like a granite diorite. The only way that you could you can cut this stuff now with with any sort of accuracy is with, to my knowledge, is with either cobalt tipped or diamond tipped uh, drill bits, and you know that brings up questions as to, as to a did they have those that kind of technology then or b did they have something else that did the same thing? He mentioned the elephant in the room. The other here's another elephant in the room. You know, there are these gaping holes in our our, our knowledge about monuments like the, the the Great Pyramid and its and its age, which I also think is is greatly is greatly underdated. Um, you know, when Dr. Robert Schock came along and dropped the bomb on all of us that the the weathering around the Sphinx enclosure was caused by water and not not wind and sand erosion from the desert well the last time there was enough water in egypt to do that kind of erosion was in this period we were talking about before the show you know that transitional period between the um the late pleistocene and the the early uh holocene epoch um and i think shock now at first he he dated it to about 7000 bc and he's pushed it all the way back to 10000 bc now and that that has ramifications for all the monuments uh, of of giza but especially ones like the sphinx and the great pyramid those listening like you know we're obviously we're a creatures podcast and and what we get into is is how does the creatures fit into this and luke and i constantly are going back in time trying to figure out where does bigfoot come from and that's where the Giants comes in. And, and those listening, I think all of us can agree that I think we all, the Giants enters into the conversation when we're talking about this stuff. Do you guys find, um, Judd and Derek, do you guys find that the Giants part of the story is completely ignored? And are they either the, the entities producing these megaliths or a, a big part of it? I think there's definitely a connection. I was just... Um did an interview with Hugh Newman, who's been to Egypt a lot. I was asking him this question. We were talking about giants and I was asking him if there's, 
you know, what is your belief on the connections of megaliths and, and maybe ancient giants? And when it comes to uh, Egypt and the Great Pyramid, you know, he's obviously a guy who believes in giants. He, he wrote Giants on Record, which is a great book. And he was saying that he believes most likely that the builders of the pyramid, in his view, could have been the followers of Horus, you know, predated the dynastic Egyptians. They came right after, you know, the, the demigods of the golden age or, uh, you know, the Nephilim hybrids, if you want to call them that. So maybe they were a couple of generations removed, but they had this knowledge of this, you know, advanced technology. There's depictions in oral traditions about a king. His name is Keskamwe of Egypt. He ruled about the end of the first dynasty uh, near Abydos and Saqqara. But uh, the depictions in the oral traditions around King Kaskamwe are that he was like an eight foot giant. Mm. And so even, you know, in the first dynasty, we have depictions and we have oral traditions about possible giants that were literally ruling then. Um, And then you combine that with just other weird finds. Have you guys heard about the giant mummified finger that was found in the eighties in uh, Egypt? I think I've seen oh, a photo. Of I haven't it. heard about that. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. It's uh, this finger. I mean, it's literally it's mummified. It's got skin on it and this big old, you know, fingernail, and you can even see bone coming out of the one end of it. Mm-hmm. So it's you know it's got all three joints there of like the main pointer finger. It looks like, but you measure that, and um, apparently the guys who who found this and have done the studies on it say it came off of what would be like a 16 foot tall being um, pretty crazy, you know, so you, you take that, you take King Kaskamoy and a lot of these depictions, you take Akhenaten. Um, he really is somebody that intrigues me um, because he has this elongated conical skull and these very weird features, right. That um, are depicted all over in Egypt. He ruled about uh, I think around 1380 BC yeah. during the 18th dynasty. Um, in a, I think it was the New Kingdom period, but yeah, reliefs mm-hmm. show him with this long skull. He's got these um, really large legs and extended chin, high cheekbones, and like slanted eyes, which some would say are like serpentine uh, looking features. Mm. Um, and then you look at depictions of his children, and um, they have these really long elongated skulls you take all of that and you go man definitely more going on than we know so this is this is i love this stuff man the forbidden history the history this is like right in right now so if we're talking about the followers of horus and we're, we're going to play this into the arc of sort of where our show's been nate and guys i know that you guys from a biblical standpoint dr judd in, in your studies if we're to take that that the giants came from you know from the watchers and from the sons of god um if we're to go back that far we can assume then that these sons of god like horus and, and these were most more most likely were the sons of god correct and that we were talking about so if we're doing that 
then we're saying that these megaliths as well, we talk about the Sphinx and you talk about, you know, the last time there's any kind of rain in the Nile Valley was 7,000 BC that would have caused any kind of that erosion. That, that's the beginning of it, right? And then that's the Sphinx and then the pyramid. So is it your guys' opinion, especially maybe Derek, and let's start with Derek here, that not only are these things way older than, than they're presumed by traditional academia, but does this tie directly, this ties directly into, to our, you know, Mount Hermon origins, Genesis six stuff. Right. And this is, this, I love this Nate because this is like a lot of everything coming together though. Cause you talk about Brian Forrester and we talked about the, the elongated schools, but Brian Forrester also was a guy who's went to Egypt and talked about drill drill marks and, and drill holes and core holes and machine marks in Egypt. And also in the megaliths that, that exist in, in South America where he, where he's at. And so, this is like a bit, this to me is such a, a great, like, I don't know, like an encapsulation of like everything kind of coming together in, in time. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure to search for and subscribe to the Blurry Creatures podcast so you don't miss their future episodes. Also, please subscribe to this podcast and give me a good rating, especially on iTunes, which helps others to find it easier through all the different algorithms out there. Lastly, uh, feel free to subscribe to our YouTube channel, link in the show notes, or you can watch the video version of this uh, reading. Until next time, keep exploring.